Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win it! They win it! Pippen runs down the lane. Dumps it out the horse. Packs it for three! Yeah! yeah! Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Got it! Let me step back and kiss myself. Oh, my MVP gosh, it's time. over. Windy City Assassin does it again. After a heartbreaking loss at the hands of Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers, the Bulls bounce back for a big win Monday night, February 1st, over Tom Thibodeau and his New York Knicks at the United Center. The rematch is coming up tonight, Wednesday at 7 p.m. I'll have a full preview and some topics off the court to discuss on this week's episode of the Believe in Bulls podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. I'm Nick Schultz. Great to be back with you for episode two of the pod. Really glad you could join me. We've got so much in store today. As I said, we got a preview of tonight's game, Bulls-Knicks coming up at the United Center. I'll also recap Monday's game, which saw a lot of good things, including a big game from Lowry Marketing. And Tom Thibodeau made his return, former Bulls coach during the Derrick Rose years. I love Tibbs. I know people, it's kind of a love or hate, but I love Tibbs. I'll talk about him a little bit, what his return means. Zach Levine still making a case to be an all-star, and... There's some trade rumors going around again. Last week we talked about some trade rumors for someone the Bulls could bring in. These trade rumors are surrounding Zach Levine. So we'll get to all that coming up. But we do have to talk about the games because there were a couple big games this weekend. Obviously, Damian Lillard, Dame Time, came up with the buzzer beater on a jump ball that shouldn't have been called a jump ball. I don't care what the last two-minute report says. It should have been, it should not have been a jump ball. It should have been a foul called on Portland that should not have happened, that tip should not have happened, Lillard shouldn't have gotten the ball and had a chance to shoot the game-winning three. That was tough to watch on Saturday night, but Bulls with a great bounce-back win, 110-102 over the New York Knicks on Monday night, February 1st, 30 assists on 42 made field goals. That's really impressive. Great to see an efficient offense coming from the Bulls. It didn't start out great, though. Early in the game, and when I say early in the game, I mean 50 seconds into the game, the Bulls called a timeout. Billy Donovan decided he was going to call a timeout 50 seconds in. Now keep in mind, one of the biggest knocks against Jim Boylan when he was coaching the Bulls was the overuse of timeouts. Usually he'd use them later in the game, though. This time, Billy Donovan calling it 50 seconds in, and that's something we really haven't seen out of the current Bulls coach. But the Bulls, I mean, they were all over the place to start turnovers, and the offense couldn't get in a rhythm, so we called a timeout, and here's what he had to say after the game about what was said in that huddle. Well, we, 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 we blew a pick-and-roll coverage. Mm-hmm. We gave up an offensive rebound where, obviously, we talked a lot about being able to rebound the basketball, and something that we've talked about for a long time with us offensively, we turned it over two straight times. 
So like there, there was nothing in those first two or three possessions that we did that, you know, we, we had talked about. Those are things that we had talked about, you know, going into the game. So they were great. You know, I really didn't need to say much, to be quite honest with you. You know, they were really it was good chatter. I think Garrett and, and Thad and OP, you know, and even Zach in there, those they, they were all they, they understood they were on it and, and they got it corrected. I think it's safe to say that that shows you just how much this team has changed since last year. And even the year before that, under Jim Boylan. Now, remember, when Jim was coach, he tried to micromanage. In those timeouts, I feel like Jim would do more of the talking. You wouldn't see more of the veteran leaders stepping up and talking in that huddle. But you heard Billy Donovan say the leaders stepped up, and they were the ones doing most of the talking in that huddle. And then they righted the ship. And again, they came out on top with a big eight-point victory. Lowry Markinen, how about the game he had? 30 points on 11 of 18 shooting, 6 of 12 from three-point territory to go with five rebounds. I'll have more on him in just a second because I have a lot of thoughts on Lowry's leap he's taken this year. We also have to talk about Thaddeus Young. He has put together quite the stretch of games here, coming close to his first career triple-double. He had 13 points, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists against the Knicks on Monday. And here are his stat lines for his last three games. I just told you about 13 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists on Monday against Portland. 8 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists. And the game before that, 16 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists. In a very entertaining post-game interview the other night, I did love how Thad started this interview with Adam Amin and Stacey King. Take a listen to this because this is great audio here. And, and Thad, you got Adam and Stacey with you. We ask you the question, just where are you at with these three games in particular? Why are you looking so comfortable to us when we watch you play? I'm, I mean, I'm, well, first of all, damn, I can't get this triple-double. <laughs> hey, <laughs> nine, 980 I games, brother, Dad, it's coming. Dad, I, I swear, I, I swear. I thought you coming. had it last game. <laughs> so that was how the interview started with Thad. Well, toward the end of the interview, Stacey King asked him a question about this season and how much fun he's having. And this answer was peak Thaddeus Young. Is it, has it been a really, is it been a lot more fun playing basketball now the old way like you used to play? I mean, you know, <laughs> sorry for all the customers. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't worry, Dan. Yeah, you say what's on your mind, baby. We'll beep yeah. it out later. It's your, it's, no, your it's, your form, dog. it's your form, bro. That's just a guy who's out there having a ball. And as I said, he is balling out lately. I hope he gets that triple-double eventually. I'm surprised it didn't happen yet. He had a really good shot against the Blazers when he had 8 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists. If he made one more bucket, he'd have had it. But good things coming from Thaddeus Young, both on the court and off the court as a leader. He's definitely come into his own this year, and I really think coaching has a lot to do with that. I think a lot of the Bulls' problems, as I talked about last week, have to do with coaching. And having Billy Donovan there changing the culture, I'm not a big fan of the word culture, but it works in this context because I think the culture has changed, especially now that Donovan is more of a players-oriented coach and Boylan was more of a, I'm going to tell you what to do, you're going to listen to me type of guy, and he tended to micromanage. I feel like Billy Donovan is more hands-off, but not too hands-off. I think he lets the players do their own thing and also lets them be themselves while also saying, yo, we have to win a basketball game. And I think Thaddeus Young and Lowry Marketing are two great examples 
of this change. The Bulls are fun again, and that's great to see after the disappointment of the last couple years. But yeah, especially Lowry. I mean, I've been saying all year, I brought it up last week on the first episode, that I have been saying since the preseason that Lowry Markkinen would take a leap. Everybody was ready to give up on Lowry Markkinen. I was the one driving the hype train. I wasn't just riding it, I was driving it because I was one of the only ones who was still rooting for Lowry Markkinen to succeed. Well, I shouldn't say rooting for Lowry Markkinen to succeed. One of the only ones who thought Lowry Markkinen still had that spark in him. And you're seeing it now. Again, 30 points the other night. 6 of 12 from three-point territory. And Darnell Mayberry tweeted out a really good quote from Billy Donovan that it wasn't intentional, but the question was basically, where is this Lowry Markkinen coming from? And Donovan said, and I quote, I wasn't here last year. And he gave a really great answer, I thought, in full. Darnell tweeted the full quote, too. Uh, Sam Smith was the one who asked the question, and it's, it's a really great answer about it. But just the, I wasn't here last year, made some people chuckle, because I, I still say Jim Boylan had no idea how to properly use Lowry Marketing. Now you have a coach who's letting him be more than just a one-dimensional forward, letting him shoot from wherever he wants, letting him crash the boards a little bit, and... It's now bringing up the question, okay, he's a, he's a restricted free agent after this year. Has he played himself into a new deal yet? I'm not ready to say that yet. I'm not ready to speculate. It's still early in the year. There's a lot of basketball left. But as we sit here now, he could be a good trade chip, or you could lock him in on an extension. I don't know what's going to happen. He's playing at a really high level now. He's opening some eyes. He's proving that he belongs on this team, that's for sure. But I don't know if I want to get into what will happen just because there's so many unknowns. Trade deadline's coming up in March. I believe the date is March 25th this year, which is a little bit of an adjustment because we're used to it being in February. But with COVID and the short season, it is tentatively set for March 25th. So I don't know what's going to happen before then. But either way, Bulls fans need to enjoy this Lowry marketing. I agree with Jason Goff over at NBC Sports Chicago. He said, this is a Lowry we need to see every night. And I agree. Offensively, he looked great, and defensively, I thought he looked good too. And Billy Donovan made note in his press conference, and he said he was phenomenal defensively tonight. That's a direct quote from the coach. Yeah, Lowry's looking really good, and I just keep saying, "I told you so." I'm gonna, I'm gonna be pumping, I'm be thumping my chest here. I'm gonna be telling you, I told you so early in the year. You can go find the video that I posted on my YouTube page when I said Lowry's going to take a big leap this year, and you're seeing it now. But like I said, there's a lot of questions now. What happens to his future? What does this mean for Lowry Markkinen's future? If it were me, I'm really glad I'm not in Arturis Karnaschovas' shoes right now because I don't know if I'd trade him or start working on a new deal since he's a restricted free agent after this year. I really don't know right now because we are, what's their record? 8-11. and 11. We're 19 games in out of 72 because it's not 82 this year. It's 72. It's a shorter year, and it's a weird year. But so far, you've got to like what you see from Lowry. And you have to start having those conversations. Like, should we start looking into a deal, whether it be with the contract or dealing him as a trade? I'm not sure if the Bulls are ready to think about trading Lowry Markkinen because, again, Connor Shobis has said this isn't a rebuild, quote-unquote. This is a retool. And if you want to rebuild, you absolutely trade Lowry Markkinen immediately. But if you want to retool, you keep him on a new deal. And also, going back to the rebuilding aspect, if you are rebuilding, you don't bring in a coach like Billy Donovan. 
You don't bring in a guy like that if you're just trying to rebuild. If you wanted to do that, you'd have hired a guy like Wes Umsell Jr., who's a young, up-and-coming coach. Let him get his feet wet with a rebuilding roster and see if he can maybe turn him into a contender and coach in the big games. You don't bring in a proven winner like Billy Donovan, who took Oklahoma City to five straight playoffs with five different rosters. So my gut says you keep Lowry on a new contract and just hope it pays off because right now he's looking really, really good. I know there are trade rumors. There's always going to be trade rumors, especially when you're talking about restricted free agents. But I think you have to, I think you have to seriously consider keeping Lowry. Speaking of trade rumors, we've got another one this week. Last week I talked about the potential of Lonzo Ball coming to the Bulls. Well, now a report out of SNY came out this week that said the Knicks were doing some homework on Zach Levine. And there's potential that they could be looking at trading for Zach Levine to the Big Apple. I really don't know what to make of this right now. Because on one hand, he'd be a great trade trip. His value has never been higher. I mean, he's having an all-star caliber year. We'll want more on that in just a second. He'd be a really good trade chip to get some draft capital, which the Bulls have plenty of, or a really good NBA player. I'm not talking like a young player or someone who can maybe make an impact down the road. I'm talking someone who can maybe make an impact now. But what do I do when we're talking about trade rumors? I go to the NBA trade machine over at ESPN, and I have it open as we sit here. I have been looking at this now for about a half hour, and I'm looking at the names on the Knicks roster. I honestly don't know who I would want to acquire in a trade for Zach Levine because the Knicks aren't getting rid of Julius Randle. Plus, that would be not saving much money if you're the Bulls, so that's not happening. R.J. Barrett, he's one of their future guys. They drafted him for a reason. I really don't think they're going to part with him. Maybe Frank Nalikina, maybe that could be an option. I, I think the Knicks would win that trade if the Bulls traded Levine for Nalikna. But maybe, maybe Dennis Smith Jr. could be in a deal. Obi Toppin's not very attractive to me in a trade. He's very raw. I loved him out of college at Dayton just because I love mid-major basketball. But I'm not sure if I'd want him on the Bulls yet. So I'm not sure how the Knicks would make sense as a trade partner if I'm Arturis Karnaschovas and I want to get a really good deal here unless you just bring in some draft capital and try to flip that draft capital for a higher caliber player at the trade deadline. We still got some time here. Like I said, the deadline is still tentatively because everything's tentative in this COVID environment. March 25th. So we've still got some time. I think it depends on where the Bulls are at at that time because right now the Bulls are a game back of a playoff spot. I don't think people realize that that they are one game back of being the eighth seed in the East. And they could easily be higher up in those standings if the jump ball against Portland would have been called the foul that it should have been, if a whistle doesn't get blown against the Warriors, if the Bulls can close out the Thunder in a game, and there were a couple more winnable games in there. Like The Bulls could have an even better record right now. So they are, as I've been saying all along, a playoff team. Do you trade your top guy in Zach Levine, or do you trade another key piece in Lowry Markkinen when you're this close? I wouldn't yet. I think, again, a lot depends on where they're at on March 25th or thereabouts. If they've fallen off a little bit, if they're not close to a playoff spot, then yes, you trade these guys. But right now, on February 3rd, 
I say keep them both. Because Zach, again, he's hitting the big shots. He needs to be in the All-Star game this year. We need to talk about that, especially how he wasn't in the All-Star game last year was a crime. He got absolutely hosed. And now this year he's putting up the numbers. And as Stacey King likes to say, Big time plays make big time plays! He is making those big time plays. He hit the big shots against Portland when the Bulls, frankly, should have won that game. He's hit the big shots in other games as well. I think back even to last year against the Charlotte Hornets when he just balled out and he hit that game-winning three. This year, he's averaging 26.6 points per game. That's a career high, up from 25.5 last year. Not an all-star last year, averaging that, averaging that number. His shooting percentage, he's averaging 41.9 from three-point territory and 51% from the field as a whole. You're telling me this guy isn't an all-star? He absolutely should be an all-star. So yeah, the stats are there. He needs to be in the all-star game, and that's why he's such an attractive trade candidate because he's not, I mean, let's be honest. He's not a number one guy. If he's your number one guy, you're not going to win a title. It's plain and simple. I can't list a team where Zach would be the number one guy and they'd el- and he'd elevate them to championship caliber. He's a solid number two. Actually, he's a solid number three, maybe a number two on most teams. But the there's something there, especially. I keep It's all about potential. You heard me say it with Lowry. I keep saying there's something there. There's something there with Zach where maybe he can unlock that superstar potential and take over when he needs to take over in big games. Now, like I said, he's not a number one. Maybe he can be a good number two. The Bulls do need that number one guy. And I think Zach would be a really good building block. And he's showing it now. He's hitting the big shots. You need to keep him if you're in the playoff hunt, which they are. Again, they're one game back of the eight seed. So again, Bulls-Knicks coming up tonight at 7 o'clock from the United Center. You can watch it on NBC Sports Chicago with Adam Amin and Stacey King. They're so great. I love that Adam Amin's the new play-by-play guy. He is so entertaining and plays off Stacey King so well. They are hilarious together. So I would definitely watch that. And you'll be able to see old friend Tom Thibodeau making his return to the United Center. Always great to see Tibbs back. Because again, I brought it up last week. I teased it. I'm a big Tom Thibodeau fan. When Boylan got let go... My first thought was bring back Tibbs. I mean, I know he plays guys big minutes, and I know he was not entirely absolved of Derrick Rose's knee injuries. I think there was more there than just leaving him in a blowout game like he did. But the guy won, and he took the Bulls to a level we hadn't seen since Michael Jordan played, even though they couldn't get out of the conference finals because of a super team in Miami led by LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. But people are talking this year, maybe coach of the year for a Tom Thibodeau. And I think that talk has kind of slowed down a little bit in recent weeks because the Knicks got off to a fast start. They're still one of the better defensive teams in the league. That's a common quality of Tom Thibodeau-led teams. I mean, think back when he was with the Bulls. The defense for them was really, really good. And it was one of their trademarks of those really good teams with Carlos Boozer, Taj Gibson leading the way and Joakim Noah as well. So I'm not surprised that the Knicks are one of, I think, their top 10 in defensive rating last I saw, like earlier this week. But the Knicks right now are 9-13. and 13. They've lost two in a row. So I think Coach of the Year talks have kind of died off a little bit. But even so, he's doing some really good things in New York with the Knicks. And again, like I said, it's always great to see Tibbs back at the United Center. He's a winner. I mean, he won with the Bulls. That's 
what you want. That's why he's so I think he's still well regarded in the city. I love Tibbs. I know I'm not alone in that, but again, he's kind of a love or hate kind of guy. And I, I'm on the I'm on the train that I love Tom Thibodeau and I miss him. So that's coming up tonight at seven o'clock from the United Center. It's gonna be another good one, I think. And again, with the Zach Levine trade rumors surrounding the Knicks, you could say he's kind of auditioning in a way. That's kind of been the scuttle around Twitter was that he's auditioning for the Knicks, but I think he's happy in Chicago now now that he has a coach he likes, a system he likes, and he's playing really well. Let's look ahead a little bit. Over the course of the next week, the Bulls start heading to Orlando Friday, Saturday, February 5th and 6th to take on the Magic. They come home Monday to face the Washington Wizards, and then Wednesday when we drop episode 3 of the podcast, the New Orleans Pelicans will be coming to town to take on the Bulls. So that's a good stretch coming up. And after tonight's game, it's going to be a really good few games for the Bulls. And it's not a tough part of the schedule yet. I think the tough part will come up afterward when you have the Clippers and the Pacers and the Hornets and the Sixers all back to back to back to back. That's going to be a grind. But right now, decent schedule. I wouldn't say it's too tough. I wouldn't say it's too easy. But that's what's coming up over the next week, and that's where we'll end this week's episode. Thank you again for listening. Be sure to subscribe to Believe in Bulls on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to interact on Twitter. Shoot me a tweet at NickSchultz underscore 7. Feel free to follow me, too, for more Bulls takes. And if you want to stay for some college basketball talk as well, I tweet a lot about the local college basketball scene. Bulls next tonight at 7 o'clock on NBC Sports Chicago. Going to be a good one. And I'm out of here. Stay safe, stay healthy, wear a mask, everybody. I hope to see you back here next week on the Believe in Bulls podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.